This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. For logbook servicing you can rely on, you need to make the right choice. You need trained professionals who are fully qualified to service your car according to manufacturer's specifications. For real peace of mind and a nationwide warranty, book in or book online at repcoservice.com. When making the double chicken deluxe at Macca's, we wanted to improve on the perfect combo of tender Aussie chicken with cheese, tomato and aioli. So, we doubled it. Chicken and Macca's together and loving it. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Available after 10.30am for a limited time only. Lifted in by Sterling. There's one back. There's one back. Ilkay Gundogan got big in the back stick. And City have life. Sinchenko and Rodri! It's happening again! City love a final day sensation! It's bubbling up in blue! Ming saw it, in goes De Bruyne. Kevin De Bruyne! Champions 2022. Well, before we talk about the effort, what about the commentary? Peter Drury, cat- catastrophic to cacophonic. That is just phenomenal. I'm going to geek out on the commentary for just a moment. But uh, what a dramatic final day uh, that saw Manchester City. They needed a win to seal their fourth Premier League title in five years. 15 minutes to go. They were down 2-0 against Aston Villa. Door looking right open for Liverpool, who ended up with a 3-1 win over Wolves, but City closed it in the most breathtaking and brutal fashion. Five minutes, they got three goals to claim that title. It uh, absolutely befitting uh, of their championship status, but to deny Liverpool the chance of the quadruple after they'd won the League Cup and the FA Cup, they've got in the Champions League final still to come. And uh, a man to wrap it all up for us and to take us through the ins and outs of what was a, another incredible final day of Premier League action uh, is Rob Tanner from the Athletic. Uh, Rob, hello to you, mate. I'm great, Sam. How are you? I'm really well. Um, Geez, they know how to close out a year, don't they, Manchester City? Not the first time they've waited until the death knell to claim and to title and to rip it out of somebody else's grasp. I mean, Liverpool had at least seven fingers, I reckon, around it. Yeah, I mean, you like um, a good commentary. The famous one with Sergio Aguero, and uh, when they said, uh, you'll never see the like of this again. Well, we almost did <laughs> yes. on the, the most dramatic... Again, I mean, last 15 minutes, Man City 2 0 down to Aston Villa. Steven Gerrard, their manager, the you know the Liverpool legend, and you think this is playing out like a Hollywood movie script again. Uh, it's going to be uh, playing into the hands of, of Liverpool, although they were still struggling 
to get their game over the line as well um, at Anfield. So all the drama came very, very late on. And, uh, I mean, I was actually at the Leicester game against Southampton. So, but I, I think everybody was more focused on what was going on at the Etihad and at Anfield than they were at King Power Stadium. It was such a dramatic conclusion. I mean, what it is an extraordinary way that the Premier League finishes up. We're having debates at the moment in Australia with our Aussie Rules football about games that overlap and are played at the same time because we just sort of don't have um, the, the population numbers that would allow you to do that and for the game not to suffer and, and eat itself. But when you see Mohamed Salah having looking at a crowd member asking what's the score in the other game and he's holding up 2-0 with his hands, I mean, these are extraordinary scenes that unfold on on these final days. Um, but was there a sense over there of, of, and I know that it's, it's a brutal sport and that no fan wants anything good for any other team at any other time, but was there a sense of anticipation around what Liverpool were almost looking to achieve with the, the quadruple? Oh yeah. I mean, that would have been in, in, in historic. I mean, even if they, they still win the, the Champions League. The treble would still be fantastic achievement for them. What a season they've had. And, mm. and the amount of points they've got on the board to not be English champions is, is quite astonishing as well. Um, Which is the second I mean, time it's happened to them, isn't it? Yeah. It, it, I mean, they're such a phenomenal team. And, yeah. and that's what makes it... And Pep Guardiola said this. It's what, it's what makes it so special for them to, to get over the line against a, a talented and... One of the greatest Liverpool sides that we've ever seen, and that's saying something because there were some fantastic Liverpool sides in the 80s. But this side is right there, the football they play, the entertainment value, and obviously the success they've been having under Jurgen Klopp. But Man City are also a phenomenal football side as well, and they showed a lot of character as well as the ability that they've shown throughout the season. They had to show heart and character come back from 2-0 down against Villa to win that and win the title. So they deserve it as well. Both sides deserve it, but only one team can lift it. Bewildering that Liverpool still only have one Premier League title, isn't it, Rob? The same as Leicester, yes. <laughs> it is really, yeah. Uh, um, you know, they've had to wait such a long time and uh, the shame was the COVID sort of ruined the, the celebrations for, for, for the Liverpool fans who had waited so long for that title. But I, if they keep going the way they're going, there will be many more Premier League titles for them to claim in the future. It just wasn't there their day on the day because Man City is a, a good side. But I love the fact that you mentioned about Salah asking the fans. I can remember back in the day on these big days at the end of the season. Then he, and people used fans used to bring in transistor radios and they'd have them to their ear listening and somebody would shout, oh, so-and-so scored at uh, Hillsborough or whatever. Mm. The, the rumours used to circulate around the crowd. You could, you could feel it. And I thought when smartphones came in that we'd lose all that because instantly fans are getting... Um, goal recognition on their phone so they know what the scores are but still there was spots around in some of the other games about teams that scored and they hadn't and it just adds to the drama really and VAR does as well goals disallowed given then disallowed after VAR check so it all adds to the drama in the final day so it's still got that feel of what is actually going on elsewhere yeah absolutely I, I suppose and you, we, we, you don't want to bring it up but you you sort of have to it seems it's astounding to me in a situation where with 15 minutes ago to go, Man City are 2-0 down. They get the three goals they need to win, to secure the title. And then when they invade the pitch, we find ourselves in a situation now where, I mean, it's it, it's bad enough that a, that a player gets assaulted by a section of fans. But when it's the goalkeeper 
who's let the goals yeah. through that got you the title. I mean, I'm not trying to make light of it, but if there was anyone that you were going to go after, not that that should ever be in your thinking because you're just not wanted in sport if that is your thinking, but why the goalie? Well, don't try and put any reason on this or, oh, or any logic. I know. I'm, 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 it's, yeah. it's completely brainless. I mean, it's like, I don't know if you saw um, the, the the final game of the versus Sheffield United in the playoffs. Boris uh, go through. The fans come on to celebrate. Billy Sharp hasn't played. He's stood in the technical area watching all the madness in front of him, and somebody runs up and headbutts him. I mean, that's just completely mindless, and yeah. the, that's why you know there's prison sentences waiting for these people. Yeah, uh, absolutely. It has marred the end of the season in many ways, some of these big invasions. Yeah, it does. It really does. And then we, we look at things like that happening, and then we just had a situation this year where a player became just the sixth player in the history of the game to kick a 1,000 goals, and everybody did run onto the pitch. And he was out there for a good 15 minutes amongst uh, tens of thousands of people. And that's where your mind goes. That's where your heart goes into your mouth to go, please don't let anything happen to him there were a couple of yeah. things that, you know, that we think oh, that, that seemed to be different. A couple of players who felt unsafe when that was happening. But, I mean, you, you, you want those moments to be moments that people talk about for the rest of their life when they say, oh, I was there that day when City won and I got to pat such and such on the back. That's the, be- that's the story you tell at every dinner party for the rest of your life. But those things will never happen and will cease to be able to happen when things like that happen to a player. There will be reviews after, because um, we've seen too many of these incidents over the last few weeks, and uh, I think there has to be a review of security for the players, because this is their place of work. They should feel safe there. And obviously they don't. I mean, Patrick Vieira was also targeted at Everton, so it's not just players, it's managers as well. Uh, so there has to be some sort of review of how to get the players off the field quickly when those situations are, because you can predict when they come in. Um, I mean, we don't want to go back to the days of fencing and that, but those have long gone from Hillsborough. But, um, you know, but perhaps some netting or something, or but, um, just to deter them a little bit from, or slow them down from getting on the pitch so you can get uh, players and, and officials off the pitch as fast as you can. Because although these issues are very serious now, you, I get the feeling that one day there's going to be a really serious incident uh, and then we'll all regret it if we don't act now. Um, on a lighter note, it would have been just every bit of unfortunate irony for Leeds if they had have been relegated, given I think they've just got a Netflix documentary coming out about taking them home uh, back in and a couple of years ago, based on uh, two seasons ago, where they were able to get back up uh, into the Premier League after a long time out. But they were able to stave off relegation, which uh, I, I thought was great to see. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it was a sad day, certainly for everybody that really liked attacking football, because the Bielsa's Leeds went toe-to-toe with anybody. They didn't fear anybody. It was end-to-end football, and it was great to watch. They were one of my favourite teams to watch. But then, obviously, their situation in the league got serious. The board decided to sack him. Very unpopular with the league's fans. Mm. Jesse March comes in, and nobody really knew much about him. Um, But they've pulled it together. I mean, they've done so with so many injuries this season. I think they've had 41 injuries. And and Patrick Bamford was ruled out. Their their main striker ruled out in the final day. Tested positive from COVID. So... You know, it, it was it was it seemed to be going all against them, but they've managed to pull it out uh, of the fire. Burnley did something similar. Sean Dyche has been such a valiant servant for them as manager. Then they decided to make the change, and it didn't work for them. So they're going to have to regroup in the Championship comeback. But I mean, Burnley for a long time have not invested. They've um, they've, they've 
they relied on a certain style of football, yeah. which isn't aesthetic. But Leeds play some lovely football. So, personally, I was quite pleased that Leeds stayed up. Hey, Rob, there's so much I'd still love to be able to talk about. We're running really close to time. I just want to get your thoughts quickly. Um, Fulham and Bournemouth already promoted for next season. Nottingham Forest, who are such a big club but haven't been in the top flight since 99, have won two European Cups, two FA Cups. Do they get back in? Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, they've been, they've been great this season under Cooper, and um, I saw them beat Leicester for one in the FA Cup, and they were very good that day. And it would be great to have that East Midlands derby back in the Premier League as well, because it's been a long, long time. So, uh, yeah, I think Forrest could do it. And just finally, just quickly, Champions League final Sunday, overnight Sunday, our time, Liverpool, Real Madrid, who wins? Liverpool, massive favourites, but never, as we've learned throughout this competition, never rule out Real Madrid. How many times have they come back from the dead? Their name might be on the cup once again. Hey, Rob, been so good to chat to you. Thanks so much for making time for us. Um, We'll speak to you again soon. Thank you. Uh, Rob Tanner does a brilliant job reporting on Leicester City and uh, the Premier League uh, broader still for the Athletic. So you can uh, get the Athletic and make sure you're reading his very fine work. And we'll speak to him again soon, Rob Tanner. Hey, we'll be back to wrap it up on the other side of this. Calling last drinks, last thoughts, anything you'd like to have to say or express, uh, now's the time. Sporting Capital.